Welcome back to another episode of This Film Not Rated, a branch of the Drive-In Podcast Network, where we try to not rate movies while trying to be as objective as possible. Now, there's a little bit of a gimmick on this show where we run through a series of, of questions that we call a gauntlet. Uh, and if we can get all 15 of those questions answered completely objectively with no opinions whatsoever in there, then we get a special prize, a special prop from the movie in question. I don't know what we're going to do for this one, though. It has to be a script or something. Mm-hmm. And if we have a guest, which we do on today's episode, uh, then they go through the gauntlet. So, hi, my name is Groucho. Um, this is my second time returning to, well, I guess my first time returning, my second time on this podcast. We're going to be talking about one of my very, very favorite movies today. The movie is called Mysterious Skin. It is a indie coming of age sort of story that is directed by Greg Araki. It came out in, I believe, 2004. Uh, it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Brady Corbett. All right. Yes. And massive trigger warnings for anybody who is going yes. into Mysterious Skin. This is all about sexual abuse and children being involved. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, as you guys know, we're a full spoiler podcast. We're going yes, ahead we- and dive into our... Uh, gauntlet questions in just a second and uh groucho is going to lead us through exploring mysterious skin groucho are you ready i think so (laughs) all right then let's get completely objective (laughs) let's get this underway groucho is mysterious skin a good or bad movie ah um well (laughs) I think that it is a, it's a difficult movie. It's a movie that explores very, very complex and uncomfortable topics. So depending on the comfort level of the viewer, I think that 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 question would be um, be answered very widely in either direction. Um, If you, if you look up, you know, reviews or, or read, you know, about people who have watched it uh the mm-hmm. consensus is is pretty um varied pretty it's yeah it's pretty varied uh i feel like the the general consensus is that it's very thought provoking it's very deep it's very emotional and maybe after one watch people would not want to watch it again but maybe that they're glad that they watched it once i think we're good on that one what's the best scene in in mysterious skin Hmm. Um. Again, that's go- that's obviously going to uh, depend on the on the viewers' preferences and and their thoughts on the subject matter in a lot of ways. If by best we're talking about um, emotionally impactful, there are scenes that would fall under that category. If by best we're talking about scenes that are fun to watch, that would be a completely different thing. I think this probably the scene that has the most uh, impact for most viewers would be the final scene of the movie, which is when everything kind of finally comes together. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's the story coming full circle so much as the uh, the journey that the two main characters of the film have been going on individually finally sort of comes to a joint and that's sort of the moment of catharsis that the viewer has been waiting for for the entire viewing experience yeah curtis and i have kind of had this issue before we talk about like there are scenes that are 
built off of other scenes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they like, yeah, the scene you're talking about is the end of, of, of sort of one part of a journey. And so, but I, I think I, I agree that most of the reactions that I've seen point to this as being the most like emotional cathartic yeah. it also it, it has a little bit of everything the hard to watch parts and everything yes. like that in it so and, yeah and with without that that scene uh it it's I, not I, that I, movie yeah it, it it it's the scene that makes or breaks the movie and it it, it comes at the very end so I, yeah. I, I think you're right on that one curtis mm-hmm. would have just gotten buzzed out i think you're right <laughs> yeah oh thank god i'm not in the gauntlet uh, <laughs> oh god uh what should be cut from the movie what is that the next question? That is, that is the next question. What should be cut from the movie? That's pretty tough. I feel like the edit of this film is pretty tight. This isn't an easy answer to give because I I do I, I do think that everything that's in the story does serve a purpose, whether it's like a, a huge, you know, grand reason for being there that all leads to the final moment, or it's something that's meant to build characters and uh, and kind of do some world building to make everything feel very real and relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there was one aspect of the film that could be cut without affecting any of those things too much... I would argue that it would probably be the building of the friendship between Brian and Eric. Um, I do think that having that there humanizes the character of Brian very much because he's otherwise so awkward and strange and kind Mm -hmm. of dissociated from the reality that everyone else is living in. Yeah. But I do think that uh, the story would still stand. without maybe some of those scenes so we got to be a little bit rough because Mm -hmm. basically what this is asking is like there's a clip that needs to be out of the movie what do you think it is like 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 what would you like what should be cut like what well actually is it curtis is it worded what would you cut or what should be cut what should be what should be cut? Okay, maybe yeah. I'm just misunderstanding the question a little bit. Then. No, you're doing a very good job mm-hmm. of keeping things objective. We're trying to make that more difficult. That's right. the problem. So Okay, so I have to pick just one scene or one clip. Or some... some that like, should be cut. So rather for than example, like a, okay. I, the, what you're saying really resonates with me. I think mm-hmm. that that relationship is the only piece where like you could take out the fact that he gave him a sweater as a gift and maybe that wouldn't really impact the overall themes and overarching but even that is its own sort of like sense of platonic kindness that's like mm-hmm. missing from his life i this you're it's an incredibly tight movie but mm-hmm. but that begs the question like should that be cut or not and that's kind of where i think got you yeah. okay um, well, actually, now that now that we're kind of going into this more, I'm 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 having sort of an interesting thought because the most recent time that may and maybe this is just me like being insane and creating things in my head that were never there. Mm-hmm. But the most recent time that I watched this movie, I feel like I remember thinking that there had been a scene in the movie that I had seen previously when I watched it when I was younger that I didn't like 
that wasn't there this time, like that maybe it had gotten uploaded onto Amazon Prime and like there was a scene that had been cut. Um, so there's there's the whole like part of the story where Wendy is trying to convince uh, Neil to get a real job when once he's already moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, in my memory, there's a scene where he's actively working that job. It's just one scene and he's like at a sandwich shop. Was that scene in the movie when you guys watched it? It was. It was. Okay, so the most recent time that I watched it, it wasn't. I yeah, Yeah. I don't know why it wasn't there. It was the one scene that I was like, I feel like there was something missing. Um so with that in mind, um I would actually retroactively go back and change my original answer to this question and say that while I do think that the whole, you know, little sub story of Wendy trying to convince Neil to get a regular job is is important to, you know, the story and the idea that he needs to sort of move on from his lifestyle. Uh, it's so small um, that I think it actually has less of an effect on the feeling uh, and the tone of the story than the friendship between Eric mm-hmm. and uh and Brian. So perhaps, uh, perhaps that would be the thing that should be cut. Just, just the, there's, I guess it's two scenes, but the, but the bit where Wendy's like, you need to get a regular job. And if it's one scene, then the bit where he's actually working in the sandwich shop, Mm -hmm. because I will say that when I, when I watched it Mm -hmm. most recently and that scene was not there, I didn't feel apart from being a little confused for a second, like it actually had any impact on how I felt about the the viewing uh, at all. So. Well, I, I, feel really bad about it but we are we're gonna have to buzz for that one yeah i think so (laughs) it is we're trying to come up with with a reason or an opinion for that one and and i think we're stuck in that (laughs) very recently as as sort of a gag i buzzed myself out like the first question and i gotta tell you if i was if i was in the gauntlet i would have buzzed out immediately like good bang and be done with that because Mm -hmm. the I, d- I don't envy you having to sit here and be like, what, what would you take away from a, a person's story <laughs> who went through this? Like, that's like, right. no, there's nothing irrelevant. There's nothing irrelevant at that point. Um, so, yeah. Um, so we have just three questions uh, is, you know, what made you want to watch this? What do you like and not like about it? And what would make you walk it? watch it again if you could please just help us kick us one more favor kick it off for us and tell us what made you pick mysterious skin mm-hmm. what made me pick it for the show yeah well i i've always been a fan of discussing this movie because i feel like and this is probably due to its nc-17 rating but it's pretty not well known Especially considering that the lead actor is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who is very popular mm-hmm. and people are really, really big fans of even his more underground films like Brick. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie was just one that I, I mean, I have met, you know, a handful of people who have seen it uh, over the over the years. But typically when I bring it up, people don't know what it is, it, which I think is kind of a kind of a bummer because it really talks about some very important topics and i think it does so with a lot of sincerity and care um yes even though it is a really difficult movie to watch uh and so and that's a big part of why i would consider it my my favorite film i i mean i i'll admit i'm a big fan of just sort of that indie uh kind of lower budget sort of Mm -hmm. coming of age you know kind of movies in general are are pretty much my thing um but i think this one is really on another level of uh of 
of it just hitting like that emotional button and really making someone think. And, uh, and that's what I look for in movies. That's why I like to write and make movies. That's what I like to talk about when I discuss movies with people. And I think this one just kind of hits all of those, uh, so well. Um, have you so made that's why I picked it? Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. She's, she's, she's made a short. She worked actively on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wrote and directed uh, my first feature film when I was 19. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Still learning new things about you. But uh, yeah, you, you, you sent me a short uh, not too long ago uh, asking for criticisms on it. And uh, I, I, don't I never gave you what, Which uh, one was that? Uh, it, it was the short about uh, how, at least this is what I got from it, how how artists uh, in the industry are kind of being funneled into this one line of thinking. And uh, it's, it's like, it's, it's almost suffocating. In, I'm in, trying in to, I'm is. trying to think of what, do you remember what the, what the title was? Cause I'm not sure if that was, I can't remember mine. the, I can't remember, I can't remember the uh, title, but the main character was constantly in this pool of water or something with people coming in and giving crit- critiques or, or negative inflections on what's going on. Uh, I remember the, the lighting being like very red and dark tones. Oh, oh, the in the bathtub. Yes. Oh, yes. So that was a proof of concept uh, trailer that I shot for mm. uh, what I want to be my next feature. Okay. Um. So yeah. So that would that was uh, that's I wasn't coming to mind because it's not something I've actually shared with very many people. But yeah. So no, my 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 feature that I did in 2012. Uh, it's called Slight, and it is also kind of like a very low budget sort of um, indie kind of flick and it's about a man with multiple sclerosis and sort of his mm. slow decline uh, mentally as he comes to term with, with the disease and the way that it affects his relationships with other people. Right. Um, so I mean you can kind of tell like that's just sort of that's just sort of the thing I'm into. I like to sort of have discussions about these these heavy topics and invisible mm. diseases and and conflicts and difficult things right. that people go through. So yeah. So like yeah, like it's just just in 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 your realness. I I I I had this idea a while ago of making a movie about a grandfather going through uh dementia and how that's mm-hmm. affecting the family and my idea was to make it like a psychological horror film. And then the father came out and they took my idea. So. Oh, isn't that the worst feeling? <laughs> I like that term, invisible diseases. That's probably part mm-hmm. of the reason why I think Mysterious Skin was so powerful to me. Is It's shining a spotlight on something that is typically invisible. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, yeah, just they, they did such a concise job of depicting the impact of early childhood sexual abuse on uh growing and youth and mm-hmm. some of the like two very distinct different paths of yes. acting outward and acting inward and i uh, was kind of blown away by the two lead performances um i'm amazed that less people know about this for joseph gordon levitt mm-hmm. um i think he he said himself that he's thankful for being recognized for this movie and for that role because it's such a sexual role. And after third rock from the sun, so much of what he was doing was so pushed away from that. And now he's like, you know, Uh what I don't think he's actually been sexiest man alive yet. Maybe he had, I don't know, but like, you know, he's Mr. Suave and it's, Uh 
bizarre to think that he had such a transition like this and like people don't know yeah yeah the first movie the first movie i saw him in was uh i want to say it was inception okay and this is the most recent movie i've seen him in just like it showed his range for sure yes it did like I, i was very impressed with his acting uh but yeah like the like the movie itself is just jam packed with all sorts of like metaphors and 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 and, and imagery. The idea of of the alien abduction mm-hmm. being being a metaphor for child abuse, which makes me believe that the woman that the that I think Brian was uh, seeing, I'm, I'm yeah. wondering if 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 it's implied that she has been sexually abused and that she's for that and that she's uh using this uh, alien idea to like try and cope with it kind of like brian was doing yeah i'm not sure if that gets touched on more in the book or not um Mm -hmm. because i haven't read it but uh i think that they kind of at least in the movie it's sort of left up to your interpretation because i think it could go either way like Mm -hmm. that could be the case and it would make sense or it could just be that she's you know maybe got a little bit of a screw loose and Mm -hmm. she's sort of using this alien abduction uh narrative to Mm -hmm. to be manipulative to anyone who will let her either way it's uh highlighting abuse from one side or the other so it still fits into the theme the overall theme of the movie itself it just makes so much sense for a child of that age to rationalize something that they can't they can't rationalize developmentally mm-hmm. into something recognizable like that and then carry that with them for so long until they're mm-hmm. ready to understand it more mm-hmm. that I I didn't even think about it in terms of like a metaphor or being creative. I, I honestly, I thought it was kind of like traditional, I, like <laughs> as far as people yeah. who have been through that yeah. kind of thing. I was kind of like, oh man. And it, like, I didn't even piece together the blue light thing until they were driving up to the house. And I was right. like, Right, you know, and and then the movie goes through pain, pain, stinking lengths to to show not 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 only the effects on on the two lead characters, but specifically with Brian, the effect it's had on his uh, his his family. Like his mm-hmm. dad left, I think, not long after the event, uh, yep. and it's heavily implied that his dad knows what happened. So I'm wondering what I get is the dad felt a sense of guilt for not being able to protect his son, and just kind sure. of leaves uh, because of that. Uh, and then, you know, the, the mother is overly protective at this point, most likely mm-hmm. because she knows what happened. And it, like it, when with uh, with Neil, you get like the complete opposite thing. He was so secretive about it that only one person in his intermediate circle knew what was going on. And uh, it's, it's a bad it, situation all around. Neil says a very interesting thing that I want your guys take on, which is he's describing what happened when he brought. Um, uh, Brian and th- he says his job when he brought others around mm-hmm. and it's this whole unexplored narrative where I mean the thing that tipped me out to this is you pointed out that the dad acts like he maybe knew what happened or couldn't protect him I'm like yeah if you found your kid in the middle of a field with a bloody nose like after being disappeared for a while you would think you had you know failed to protect him mm-hmm just off of that right there but no there's this sort of story we didn't see of other kids potentially on the baseball team potentially not mm-hmm. being brought in until this te- this coach left town mm-hmm. right 
and why did he leave town? Like, what right. is that? What do you all think? Like, what is what is going on? No, I, 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 I think you're on the right path. I think he, I, I think uh, he left before the parents could do anything, and once mm-hmm. they found out, he was already gone. Well, we know that he wasn't arrested or he didn't go that far because there's the two years later Halloween scene where Brian briefly sees him without his glasses. Mm-hmm. So we know that he's at least close enough to make a quick trip back, and he's not in any kind of facility. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Again, it's up to interpretation but i think what makes the most sense is that he probably also he's living in like a trailer something that's kind of like cheap and easy to you know get in and out of um so he's probably just kind of not staying in one place for very long or putting himself in positions where he knows that he's not going to run into a lot of trouble or get caught right which yeah like i'm I'm not gonna lie this is a very uncomfortable movie for me to watch uh but there's there's uh, I I but I can't help but appreciate the the filmmaking aspect of it like the, like there's a, uh, the honesty which, of it yeah mm-hmm. like it's I, very you blunt. gotta wonder if the author of the novel has been through something like this and this I think it is something. based on his life yeah mm-hmm. and then even like like going back in, into the effects like I, I I don't know if you got if uh, you guys got this impression but when when Joseph Gordon Levitt is announcing the the baseball. Uh, game for the first time that you see him and a kid walks in and he's overly affectionate to it to him i was like I, I, the first thought that went to my mind is oh is he going down that road is is this is that's what's going on uh i don't it, i feel it, like I, it's not i feel like it's coming more from an angle of he he sees the innocence in mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. and he and i think it's more of a, a place of wanting to preserve and appreciate that and less of a, like a protective place. instinct okay mm-hmm. it's just so it's uh, like the predatory elements and the protective elements look so similar it's hard to do yeah. it and there there are a lot of um offenders who were victims uh as a predictive cause of that but but I didn't get the impression like i feel like we're seeing all of the honest like secrets i think I think Curtis answer your question. The ending scene probably tells you what you need to know about his character in terms of wanting to hold him while he's shaking and talk him through what happened, but he's always holding him. He's not betraying any lines of safety. Yeah. Right. I think it's more highlighting the fact that because of the experience that he had as a child, his understanding of how to communicate with others, especially men and children, is just mm-hmm. not correct. Mm. Yeah. It's just not correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, do you guys have any criticisms of the movie? Anything that you would not have done that way? Or, you know, I, I got a big criticism, which is they made me think about this. Stuff. <laughs> that's the, that's probably the only thing that I can think of. Like, like it's, it's, it's a very uncomfortable truth. Uh, it will, it will make you sick to your stomach while watching this movie. Uh, there, like I was laying in bed when I was watching this and there were multiple times where I, where I just have to curl up mm-hmm. because of what I was seeing. Like, I think for me, and this is like, <laughs> this is such a silly little nitpick. There's, 
one thing, one thing that happens in this movie that every time I've watched it, I've just been like, I don't know if they should have put that in there. It's a little weird. And it's just the, the scene where they see the UFO and they go and they stand up on the roof and you see the UFO fly over. And I, I get, and maybe this is just because it's like a product of the fact that it's a 2004 movie. And I know that they, they showed it and they did the whole thing to make it feel very real and fantastical. And like, you're in the kids like imagination. So, mm. you know, but the effects are like just not quite good enough. So it feels right. like a little hokey and I feel like it kind of detracts a little bit from the more, the realism also, of the rest of the film. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a little confusing because it makes you think like, wait, was that real? When like, obviously right. it wasn't when you figure out what happened. So when you've seen mm -hmm. the whole movie and you know what's happened and you're looking back on that scene, it's like, why did they like show that whole Yeah, you, you, you could make, yeah. make, make yeah, you could make, make the argument that by adding it in, it, it like, like, like you said, it takes away from it instead it of leaving it up to the viewer's imagination. And yeah, well, I we're talking 2004. The X Files had done been a thing for a while, yeah. so yes. being able to come up with more creative ways to show lighting and imply an abduction mm -hmm. and have every the family looking up saying, like, it's a UFO, look, you know, I, it's a very interesting showing it that bluntly like et yeah. is happening in the movie yeah. I, I i agree with that this relationship with his sister is is another thing i'd like to have seen more of um, yeah 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 she wasn't of... in the movie very much and i feel like the 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 child version of her was was great and felt very real and like there was a relationship there but the adult version of her didn't really have any lines like she mm -hmm. had like maybe two lines. They were very short, and they weren't mm -hmm. really about anything. Right. Um, so, so that character, I feel like most of the cast in this movie is absolutely stellar. But I, I would say that the character who plays Brian's older sister as an adult feels a little cardboardy. Um, yeah, I can see that. It's it's not the most egregious thing, uh, but I agree that that could have been probably done a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's and always then... that question of allies who are there when the thing happens to you. And I think there's a huge thing that happens there with Neil that like Neil was there when it happened. And, you know, his sister never maybe really got a, a straight real answer, but she was always supportive of him. No, like he was, no, like he, mm. you know, went through these things. And I just, yeah, it would have been nice to see like how that relationship developed because you, you got to think that the majority of the people watching this movie are going to be people who want to be supportive of someone who's been through something like this. And so taking the time to show how someone like a sister could have been supportive would mm -hmm. have probably been a really important puzzle piece. I do think that one thing that is important to know um, for, for maybe for viewers who aren't as familiar with sort of how things work on a film set or, or what kind of steps might have been taken in the process of making a movie with this kind of content um, is uh and, and and you'll see this in like if you look up reviews you'll see some people being like i thought that maybe this but then i found out this but uh the children uh in the movie in the way that it's filmed it feels very much like those kids are in the scene with this man and it's happening but mm -hmm. the reality is that the director actually did give the children completely different scripts um and they at the time of filming the movie did not know what the content of those scenes actually was so it was very safe yeah 
and they were protected. And I just feel like that's probably like a good just thing for people to know going into this movie so that they don't feel yeah. extra uncomfortable when they see right. those scenes and wonder like how on earth they get away with shooting that. Yeah. Um, they were very respectful of all of the child actors uh, mm-hmm. and regarding, you know, the sexual themes and everything. So I, I just think that's like a good uh, disclaimer to put out. I think yes. they, did, they did too good of a job with that. And the NC-17 <laughs> rating didn't help my anticipation of what the hell am I about to look at? <laughs> but um, this the mm-hmm. looking directly in the camera so that they could shoot the actors completely separate from one another just mm-hmm. made that way too personal. Right. Like, <laughs> like Right, and then just, uh, it's, I don't know, like, again, like, going into the amount of detail. Like, mm. when, when they're investigating the uh, dead cow, and the guy is, and Brian is sticking his hand elbow deep into the into the cow. Yep. That's yep. all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> and that's, the thing is, it, it's important, because there's mm-hmm. sort of, for victims, I, I did read one reviewer, the independent reviewer, um for googling i guess mm-hmm. someone who had been through something in their past and was watching it and just just felt numb and felt rattled you know by the movie and i i don't know what it would be like for someone who's been through this to watch this movie but i can only imagine that there's a certain amount of giving you permission mm-hmm. to acknowledge the details of what happened and i think that's important um yeah. i don't know yeah, so this... I would watch this again. <laughs> I mean, would you though? I would actually watch this again. I just uh, watched a fantastic 2019 uh, thriller about a uh, sexual abuser uh, played by the guy who played Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. called Rose plays Julie, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was it was used to teach ethics an ethics course that i was going to and this had a very similar vibe to me this in terms of teaching people like and understanding the impact on trauma and understanding what might be healing for somebody versus what are some warning signs to look out for for someone who's been through something like this i just think it has such utility like that it's it'd be important and i think i might end up sharing it with some people Mm-hmm. So that's great. Yeah, I mean, for 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 me, I, I probably would as as well if if only just as to have that that constant reality check uh, of 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 like the the darker side of humanity. Like 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 I've I've heard stories about stuff like this, and uh, it's it's about as uncomfortable as actually watching this film. <laughs> at, at at least with this film, everyone involved is is relatively safe and and, and unharmed. It's just what you're seeing. Is is terrible and it's and that that makes save it that one like, scene <laughs> that, that yeah save uh, that makes it just a little bit better than than hearing what actually happened to someone in a police report or filing mm-hmm. where it's it's just, it just makes you want to you know you can tell yourself it's drink. only a movie it's only a movie right exactly yeah. so there's there's that extra layer of 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 protection while while this film is being so brutally honest about the darker aspects of of uh, human nature and I again I, I really like uh I, I really like just Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance in this, uh, uh, Brian, like he could come off as as stale, but he's also kind of meant to, with mm-hmm. the just being incredibly numb, empty, empty. Which uh, and I, I and I, that's another reason why I would go back to watch it just to look at the actual effects that something like this could have on people. 
Uh, I, I do think it's an important movie that people should watch, but you have to be you have to be prepared for what you're about to see. Yeah. I wasn't. The first time that I saw this movie, um, I think I was 17. And so this would have been in like, I don't know, 2009 or 2010, sometime mm-hmm. around then. And I was going through a phase where I was just kind of watching a lot of like LGBT dramas and kind of just catching up on like more underground movies. And I came across this one. I watched the trailer for it, which is one of the most misleading trailers I've ever seen in my life. Probably for um, good reason, but yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, I went into it. I knew it was going to be a drama. I knew there'd be some emotional scenes. I knew that, you know, there might be some, some, parts that were a little uncomfortable but I was not expecting the scope of how uncomfortable mm-hmm. it would be and yeah. I I went into it with just no idea and I watched it by myself in the dark on my computer and uh and I remember when the when the final scene ended and the credits started to roll just being slack-jawed and mm-hmm. just I, mm-hmm. I I wanted to cry and I couldn't because I was so surprised by what mm-hmm. I had just seen and I was so emotionally captivated and like my heart hurt for the characters yeah and uh, and I, I'm glad on a personal level that I went into it like that because I feel like it was so much more impactful for me to have watched it without any knowledge about what was going to happen. But I would never recommend that somebody do that yeah. now that I know what it is. Right. Okay. Well, Curtis, you want to? Sure thing. Uh, thanks, thanks again, everyone, for watching another episode of This Film Not Rated. Again, we are a branch of the Drive-In Podcast Network. Uh, be sure to check out uh, the other podcasts, like uh, This Week of the Movies with Eric and Matthew Fox. Be sure to check it out. There's there's a bunch of great con- content on there that you're sure to enjoy. Uh, I am Curtis. You can find me on Twitter at 90sGamer407 and on Twitch at Merrick underscore Tainment. And our guest... Your guest... <laughs> Uh, thank you guys so much for having me on again. It's always a pleasure to talk with you guys about movies. Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is Groucho, uh, short for Groucho Porks. I stream on Twitch with the username Groucho Porks, so you can find me there and on socials with the same username. All right. Anybody have any last remarks? For Aren't you going to do your thing? What thing? You haven't, you haven't given yourself. I'm at high time. contrast FLM. <laughs> You can find me anywhere at that handle, so we should be good to go. (laughs) 